the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Real Life Radio is sponsored by River City Community Church. Do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more? Jesus made a simple statement. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I came to give you abundant life. Real life. I talk to a lot of people, and many seem to feel like they're settling for a whole lot less. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, and we are so convinced that we were made for something better. We call ourselves a church for real life. I'd like to invite you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings, which are an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights, all designed to explore the life that God meant for us. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Otama Park. Service times are Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 9.30 and 11.15 a.m. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out more, visit us online at reallife.org. God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church. Welcome to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas, a church that exists to help people find the real life they were created for. We invite you to join us for the next half hour for a little Bible study, and there's even notes already written up and ready to go for you at reallife.org. And tell us a little more about today's message is Pastor Sean Azaro. What we do matters. What we become matters even more. Over the next number of weeks, we are going to be entering into a study called Under Construction from Paul's letter to the Philippians. The apostle makes it clear that God doesn't want to just help us do better things. He wants us to grow and become everything that we were created to be. This is good news because it produces a very different kind of fruit in our lives. If you're tired of the same old patterns producing the same old outcomes in your life, then you're in for some good news. So get ready to hear what God has to say as we open his word today. So go ahead and flip over to the book of Philippians in the New Testament and let the study on grace begin. This is Real Life Radio. It's been quite a journey. I feel like God has been doing far more work in me even than maybe through me. You know, and sometimes God working in you is the most awesome thing in the world. It's exciting. It's fun. It's encouraging. Other times it's just plain hard. You know what I'm, I'm saying? Like when you feel stretched, when God's challenging on, you on stuff, when he's changing you, and it just feels difficult. And that kind of leads us into this series of discussions we're starting this morning called Under Construction. If you have your Bibles, why don't you turn to the book of Philippians? Because we all recognize there is, a, there is an element to this walk of faith where God is building something, something beautiful, something incredible, something that we were always intended to be, but it's a lot like construction. And we are being transformed by the work of God in our lives. Now, the book of Philippians is one of those great epistles. It is packed with all kinds of incredible... I mean, it is a great soundbite book. You, as we go through, you're going to see, oh, I, that, I know that scripture. Oh, I, I didn't know that was here in this passage. Oh, I love this passage. Because there's so many great things. The author is pretty much undisputed among scholars as the Apostle Paul. Most people believe it was written while Paul was in prison 
in Rome around 60 or 62 AD. A few scholars think maybe because of some of the, the space and the distance issues, it was an earlier date when Paul was in prison in Ephesus. But most hold to the early 60s, which made it not too far before Paul's execution. And he's in prison and he's writing from Rome. Philippi was a very uh, interesting city. It stood about 10 miles inland from the Aegean Sea in the Roman province of Macedonia. It stood, was right near where, where modern-day Greece and Turkey intersect. It was named after Philip II, who was king of Macedonia. You know probably his famous son, Alexander the Great. After a series of, of course, several hundred years later, after a series of military conflicts beginning in 42 B.C., the city was captured and claimed by the Romans. Philippi became a Roman military colony, which led to it becoming a very significant city in the region. By the time of Paul's letter, Philippi was highly Romanized, with Latin still being a prominent language in the city. In Acts 16, Luke describes Philippi as a Roman colony and the leading city in the district of Macedonia. Philippi, bottom line, was a big deal, and they knew it. Okay? It was just, it was a important city they were very deeply rooted in rome and the roman empire was the most powerful empire in the world so they were kind of a big deal we got a little bit of history in Acts 16 of who these people were that paul was writing to where did this church come from Acts 16 tells us that paul and a group in ministry with him were confronted in a dream and told you need to go to macedonia and the first place they went in obedience was philippi and in philippi they went and they would typically go to the synagogue but there was no synagogue This is a Romanized city, largely Gentile. So they went down by this river where it was said there were some devout seekers of God. And they meet a small group of people who were praying. And there was a woman who was kind of a leader, a prominent citizen in the city named Lydia. And so she hears the message of Jesus from Paul and she receives Jesus. They go back to her home. It's believed she was a pretty affluent lady, large place. And they, her whole household becomes the first Christians in Philippi. And God starts this neat work with this one family, this one household there in Philippi. Well, you might remember the story. Paul and Silas were, were just ministering, walking through Philippi, and there was this girl, a slave girl, who was actually possessed by a demonic spirit. And her masters would use that demonic spirit to help her be an effective fortune teller. Well, she starts saying of Paul and Silas, these men are followers of God, the Most High God. They're servants of the Most High God. And she's following around all day. Finally, Paul, and it's kind of describes he gets sick of it. Yeah, I don't know what he was doing, but he, he just turns and says to the girl, to the spirit, spirit, come out of her. And she's set free instantly. Wonderful, wonderful thing. Well, except her masters didn't think so because now they just lost a profit center. Okay, because she was a fortune teller. Now she wasn't. And so they have Paul and Silas arrested. They are beaten, flogged, which if you know anything about the Roman flogging, if you saw the, the movie, The Passion of Christ, you know what I'm talking about. Probably not that severe, but it wasn't fun. They are beaten and flogged and thrown into prison. And at midnight, when they are praising God, singing and praying, which is what you do when you're beaten and flogged and thrown into prison, what you don't, these guys are pretty amazing. They are praising God, singing in the prison. And Scripture tells us that God brings an earthquake. It shakes the whole prison. The doors of the prison fly open. The jailer wakes up, freaks out, thinking all the prisoners are gone. He's about to take his own life because if you lost the prisoners, you got their punishment. And so he's about to take his own life. And Paul stops him, says, stop, stop, we're here. We're all here. 
And so this jailer all of a sudden recognized, oh my gosh, there's, there's something going on, something of God. And he says to them, how can I be saved? And they lead this guy to Jesus right there. They t- he takes him back to their home. He cleans him up. They have a prayer meeting. And at the time, his whole family accepts Jesus. So now you have Lydia's family. You have this jailer's family. And you have this little slave girl, possibly, we don't know for sure, as the seed of this church in Philippi. That's who Paul is writing to. Philippians is kind of interesting in that it is a book filled with joy. It's obvious that Paul had, because this was a church he planted personally. He had an unusual love and connection to these people. The occasion of the letter is really that these folks had financially helped support Paul's ministry and helped send him provisions while he was in prison. And he's sending a bit of a thank you note and a note of encouragement. He doesn't, another unique aspect of this book is that he doesn't have to bring a word of unique rebuke or he doesn't have to correct teaching error or heresy. There's none of that really in the book. It is just an encouraging book filled with joy and some good teaching on, okay, what does it mean to be the church? What does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? And so that's where we find ourselves. He teaches and encourages the Philippians in their faith. In chapter 1, verse 1, we, Paul identifies himself as well as Timothy, who is probably helping Paul. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus. Another translation says bond servants of Christ Jesus. To all the saints in Christ Jesus at Philippi. That was a common way that Paul would begin the expression. You're saints in Christ Jesus, but you're at Philippi. What he's doing is acknowledging the tension that we all live in, right? Because we are, we are people at San Antonio, in San Antonio. We are citizens of the United States. That's a world we live in. But we're also in Christ Jesus. And we know that that sometimes creates tension in us. Because the kingdom has a whole set of, of kind of objectives and a way that it works. And then there's the world. And it has a set of objectives in the way that it works. And they sometimes are at tension. And Paul just acknowledges, you are people who are, have your feet like in two worlds. You are the people who are in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with overseers and deacons. He probably mentions the leadership because of the gift they sent. Just saying thank you. Acknowledging them. We see that this model of plurality of leadership overseers which were elders that's how our fellowship is led we have a group of elders who oversee and then deacons we don't really use that term because it's been kind of beat up in the church but it is a very it's a fine term and it represents ministers servants and so we do all kinds of ministry here through folks who could rightfully be called the 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 historical office of a deacon because they are servants they are ministers staff the small group leaders the bible teachers the people who work with kids those are the office of deacon they are carrying out the ministry and the service of this fellowship and then he gives this greeting that he gives in so many of his writings we'll talk about it a little bit more in a moment grace and peace to you from god our father and the lord jesus christ we're gonna see that's far more than just a greeting i thank my god every time i remember you and all my prayers all of you I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Another translation, other translations actually call it, talk about your your fellowship in the gospel. I think this is a better, if you look at the original word, this is a better translation. The original word was a word used to describe often, fellowship is good, it's right, but the word in context was used to describe business partnerships. And I think what Paul is saying, because fellowship can imply just this family sense, which is very true and very real, but partnership What Paul's trying to say is we are a family with a purpose and a mission. And this family in Philippi shared in the mission and the partnership of the gospel. We are a family. And that's fundamentally what we are as the church. But we also have a mission and a purpose. And Paul's trying to identify that. 
being confident, this, this is a key verse, verse 6, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Paul is in prison. He's helpless. He can't do anything really for these folks, but he doesn't have to worry about it because he's confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Verse 7, it's right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart, whether I'm in chains or defending and confirming the gospel. All of you share in God's grace with me. That's strong. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. These are dear friends. Verse 9, And this is my prayer, he now prays for them, that your love may abound more and more in the knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ Jesus. Listen to verse 11. This is another key verse. Filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. We'll talk about that a little bit more in a moment as well. I want to kind of park a little bit on this greeting, this salutation, grace and peace. This is a whole lot more than just a nice nice thought. Paul is communicating something huge. And by the way, he communicates the same greeting in Romans, 1 and 2 Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Colossians, 1 and 2 Thessalonians. In 1 and 2 Timothy, he adds the word mercy. He says grace, mercy, and peace. Titus, Philemon, every one of his letters, he writes this grace and peace. It's interesting uh, because the, uh, the word for greeting in Greek is karin. And that would be a common letter if you wrote like dear so-and-so or just the greeting. Karin, greetings. The word for grace is charis. And so there's almost this planned word where, you, where you, would, you would expect in a letter to hear greetings. And then you hear this word grace. And it would catch your attention if you're a student of Greek. Charis, and it means goodwill loving kindness, favor. One of the best definitions I've heard is by a Greek scholar whose name was Spiros Zodiatus. And he says, grace is the absolutely free expression of the love of God, finding its only motive in the bounty and benevolence of God. That's strong like bull. You need to, you need to keep that one in mind. Never thought, I'll bet he never thought that it would be described as strong like bull. Welcome to River City, Dr. Adios. And welcome to Real Life Radio, a service of River City Community Church. And we'll take a short break in this message called The Power of Grace. If you have to run right now, you don't have to miss the end. You can download this full message for free at reallife.org. You can also see all the events and ministries and ways you can serve the city of San Antonio at River City Community Church. Again, it's all at reallife.org. Do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more? Jesus made a simple statement. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you abundant life, real life. I talk to a lot of people, and many seem to feel like they're settling for a whole lot less. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, and we are so convinced that we were made for something better. We call ourselves a church for real life. I'd like to invite you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings, which are an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights, all designed to explore the life that God meant for us. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Otama Park. Service times are Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 9.30 and 11.15 a.m. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out more, visit us online at reallife.org. God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church. Welcome back, and we return to this message called The Power of Grace in the series Under Construction, 
where Pastor Sean continues to read this letter the Apostle Paul wrote from a prison cell. And this is Real Life Radio. Grace is the absolutely free expression of the love of God, finding its only motive in the bounty and benevolence of God. Grace is a beautiful word and is huge. It is huge. It's almost a foreign word because it is so free. God's work, God's grace. Grace and peace. The word for peace in Greek is erene. means joy, pleasure, blessing, every kind of good. Interesting note. We often talk about peace as we think grace and peace. Oh, peace in your future. One day may you have peace. There's only one time in the New Testament this word erene is used as a future tense. All the others, including this one, are right now. Every kind of good thing and blessing right here, right now. Paul is in prison. He's deprived of freedom and of resource. On his way, ultimately, to execution, which he probably knew. And he's saying to them, joy, pleasure, every kind of good to you right now. We understand peace from a broader picture of our salvation. Peace with God. It's the whole point of Christ's work. Peace with God and then peace with one another. Grace and peace. This is not just some flippant greeting. No, no, Paul, I believe, is summarizing the whole gospel in two words. He's setting the tone for all his letters, and I believe it's the summary of the gospel. Here's why. If you're taking notes, write this down. Peace is our destination. Grace is how we get there. Ooh, that's good. I'm sorry, I'm just telling you. When you think about that, grace and peace, the whole gospel, in two words, peace is our destination. Peace with God. Peace with one another. The Hebrew concept of shalom, the greeting, peace. May peace rest on you. Remember, Jesus said, when, if you're not received in a city, what did he say? Return, what, what, let, let something return back to you. What did he say? Let your peace. He says, though peace is this palpable sense of God's presence where it makes everything right. Peace is the next destination. Grace is how we get there, that free work that is only based on the bounty of God's heart and his love. But we understand this in context of the cross, don't we? We understand the theology that, man, the wages of sin is death. I'm a sinner. I had a death penalty on me. Jesus Christ, God's Son, came, lived a sinless life, and then offered His life up to be a sacrifice for my sins and yours so that justice could be done. The right penalty of sin could be carried out. But we could be given grace. We understand that when it comes to salvation. That's That's just good news. But do we understand grace when it comes to, like, the rest of our Christian life? Does it stop at salvation? Is salvation this free gift of God whereby we receive it? And then everything else, is it now somehow different? Do the rules change? Or is peace our destination and grace how we get there? Is grace something that is supposed to carry us and supposed to be the hallmark of the life of a believer throughout the rest of of our existence here on earth and in eternity. Peace is our destination. Grace is how we get there. I want to make a couple observations about grace that I think will help answer this question. Number one, grace is what God can do versus what I can do. Very important understanding. Grace is what God can do versus what I can do. Verse 6, Paul said, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. In other words, you are under construction. God is doing a work in you, and He's the one who's going to accomplish it. That changes things. 
We understand it with salvation. Sometimes we're not so sure about what happens after that. Not only does God want to free me from the penalty of sin, that is death, that is eternal death, but He wants to free me from the hold of sin in my life. This word that we use around church circles and in theological circles called sanctification. It is a work of grace as much as salvation is a work of grace. It is God doing a work, building something beautiful, something useful, something right in every single one of us. And the beauty of that, what we call that thing that he's building is Christ-likeness. Now, here's what's funny. I think sometimes we think, okay, God's going to teach me. This is where the WWJD comes in, okay? What would Jesus do? Bracelets, right? The shirts, the hats, the, the sportswear. I hope you have your WWJD, you know, radio, whatever you got. Some of you have it, I see. Nice. What would Jesus listen to today? The problem with that, now it's a great book in his steps. It's a great thought process. How does my life line up with Jesus? The problem is what it does is it puts me in the place of saying, okay, I see what you would do, Jesus. I've read your word. I hear, okay, now I'm going to go do it. I'll let you know how it goes. It implies I now am going and copying Jesus. When what Paul is wanting us to understand is Christ's spirit and life is resident in us. And he wants to do the living, the Christ-like living for us. Listen, Colossians, Colossians chapter 1, verses 27 through 29. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery. Listen, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now listen to what he goes on and says. We proclaim him, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone perfect in Christ. To this end I labor, listen to this, struggling with all His energy, which so powerfully works in me. I labor, but in His energy. Because the mystery of this whole thing is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, some people would say, well, Paul's just making a big blanket statement. Don't take that too literally. You would be wrong. That is an overwhelming message of Scripture. God's Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, resident in us. And Paul is a lot of things. Careless with words is not one of them. This, I believe, is the secret to victorious living. What did Paul say in Philippians? We read it, verse 11. I told you we'd come back to it. Filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. God is doing a work in us and it is Christ's presence in us that will carry that work out. This is the secret to victorious living, folks. I'm telling you, we got so many believers walking through in churches today who just are getting beat up and going, why am I struggling with the same temptation, with the same, with the same problem, the same hang-ups, the same failures that I was struggling with five years ago, ten years ago? Why is it? It's because you're struggling with them. God has a whole different way. Grace is God doing what only He can do rather than me doing what I can do. Listen to what Paul said later on in Colossians chapter 2, verse 9 and 10. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. Now you notice that doesn't say lived. Paul is writing well after the death of Jesus. In Christ, 
all the fullness of the deity lives, not lived, in bodily form. How's that possible? You have been given fullness in Christ, who is the head over every power and authority. Remember, the mystery is Christ in you, hope of glory. Thank you, Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Radio for Real Life. And if you'd like to hear any of Pastor Sean's messages, they're available right now on demand. And you can find the sermons tab at reallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road, right behind Rotama Park. The service times on Saturday nights at 5 and Sundays at 9.30 and 11.15. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262. With a final word on today's message, here's Pastor Sean. That one simple idea is a life-changing principle. Peace is our destination. Grace is how we get there. God has a desire to bring us to peace in relationship with Him and with one another. But the good news is, He doesn't leave us to our own devices to get there. He has a work that He wants to do in us. He wants to empower us by His presence, by His Spirit, so that we can realize our full potential in Him. This is great news, but it does require that we learn to look at life a little differently. It's not all about what I can do. It's about what He can do. And the secret is learning to listen for His voice and follow Him and let Him do His work in me. We'll hear more next week, but until then, God bless. Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church, and we'll see you next week with more Real Life. Do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more? Jesus made a simple statement. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you abundant life, real life. I talk to a lot of people, and many seem to feel like they're settling for a whole lot less. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, and we are so convinced that we were made for something better. We call ourselves a church for real life. I'd like to invite you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings, which are an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights, all designed to explore the life that God meant for us. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Otama Park. Service times are Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 9.30 and 11.15 a.m. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out more, visit us online at reallife.org. God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.